comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. The world we know is gone. No internet, no GPS, no text messages, no podcasts. In a world ruled by the dead, we are finally forced to start living. Listening to Fear, the Walking Dead TV podcast. This is episode 198 for season three, episode four of Fear the Walking Dead, entitled 100. I'm your host, Craig DeMonda. Join with me this evening, Mr. Daryl Taylor. I'm not really talking because I'm in Spanish and I have subtitles at the bottom. So just read the subtitles. So someone's dubbing your voice right now. You sound pretty good, though. Yeah. Okay. I know. I, I had a special. Uh, I had a, I had a, some people come in and fix it, so it sounds really great. <laughs> but I'm really talking in Spanish the whole time. Sounds good. Yeah. Also, Mr. Jim Dietz. Hey, you know what happens when a zombie gets hit by lightning? Yeah, yeah I think we just saw same, it. We, <laughs> same thing that happens to everything else. <laughs> <laughs> he was a big dude, though. That guy was like seven feet tall. That was a monster zombie, huh? I think it was... well, well, Brian Singer wants his bad scene back. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so Chubb couldn't make it tonight. Aaron sent is also doing another uh, like that movie critic stuff thing he does. He's screening another film, but uh, he did send in his written review, so we'll get to that later on. But uh, hey, guys, what do you uh, what do you think about this, this episode? A little different. I think we kind of predicted this. Like we're yeah. gonna do another backstory, another bearded governor type of situation. But I thought it was pretty cool. I mean, what did you guys think? I was cool with it. I, I don't know if it was all the bacon I was coming off of the the high bacon and and ribs. But so what, you, you were I, at the Comic Con, really... you you was you was you were eating some ribs <laughs> out of North Carolina and, and and scarfing some bacon and uh and, I, and, I, and it just I don't know I really really enjoyed this episode like it real I think it it usually when they do these when they do these one person char- one character flashback episodes they don't always get them right. So um, it's it's hard. It's hard to get it right. But to do this and do it mostly in Spanish. Like 90% of it was Spanish. Yeah, 90, 95% of it. it. There's like one scene that was in English with Strand. That was it. Yeah. Right. And to do it as well as I think they did it, like I really, I, I found myself not being able to look away, especially because I had to understand what they were saying. Mm-hmm. But on the other side, like what was going on, I really was interested in what was happening with Daniel. I mean, it was only the eye, the one high rolling moment for me, of course, was the scene with the lightning. Like that was just 
I knew it was going to. I said they're going to do it. I think I just knew they were going to do it. <laughs> it was so obvious, but, and when they did it, it, I just said, "Oh, come on!" It sounds like you're in the rain right now too. I hope you don't get hit by lightning like that big guy did, I, man. I, I don't know. I got my on my knees saying, it, "Call and get me, get me, get me. <laughs> For, forgive me, forgive me, <laughs> forgive me." <laughs> Jim, what do you think? Were you, were you cool with it, or are you kind of like uh-huh. uh, expected? I, it? I, no, I, I really like this episode a lot. I think Ruben Blades is like uh, one of the best actors in this show, mm-hmm. and to have like a whole episode like filled in the backstory in his character a little bit, gave us a little more insight to his character. I thought it kind of dragged in the middle there a little bit, but like the beginning part and the end part were just like uh, tight as hell. And I thought like, again, you know, Ruben Blades really like brought it this episode. I thought it was great. Um, there were just some, certain scenes that like really stuck with me after I watched it. So yeah. Yeah. I'm in the same boat. I mean, I, I really enjoyed it. I actually in- enjoyed it the second time a bit more. I don't know if the, mm-hmm. just that subtitle, kind of um, learning curve, whatever, you know, the watching curve, if you will. I understood it. I enjoyed it, appreciated it a bit more in the second watch than I did in the first one. But I actually liked it, you know, pretty much both times. And uh, no, I I thought it was good. So, I mean, mean, it was better than it could have been. And I'm glad they wrapped up a lot of the stuff, too. This is not a two-parter where, you know, we're seeing him, you know, make his way finally somewhere after two episodes. They just burned one episode to tell the Daniel backstory. And that was pretty... Pretty neat. And I think I think any uh, any uh, thoughts that we might have had of them dragging out the Dante thing of, it came to an abrupt halt this episode too. Right. Oh yeah. Oh, I didn't mind that <laughs> so, character though. I thought he was pretty cool. I mean, as, as a no, villain. but I mean, I th- yeah. I know we we had speculated that it was going to be you know the Autos versus Dante's group at the right. dam. And, that's done. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's not gonna, obviously not going to happen. No, that's true. So this episode was directed by Alex Garcia Lopez and written by Alan Page. Uh, the cold open. Let's get right into it here. We see some uh, cool overhead flyby shots of the Mexican countryside. And it's kind of back where at the Abigail compound, I guess. You see Daniel on the road. He's just a uh, man walking on the road alone. And we see it's Daniel. Uh, he's leaving the compound behind. He's heading north toward Tijuana. His leg is really badly injured. Like He's dragging it uh, along step by step. He almost looks like a walker, basically. And he's dragging that leg, doing that zombie drag. Uh, yeah, all, I was, all I was thinking... City. I was thinking somebody was going to pull him out of the living dead and think he was a walker and shoot him. I mean, he had that yeah. whole zombie walk yeah. going. I thought that and was going to happen, too. I felt that. Yeah, yeah, he was in rags. He had all the blood, dried blood on his face. He was indistinguishable from a, so uh, he's indistinguishable not, from a walker. You know? No, yeah. you're right. He's not in good shape, and he starts to hear voices. Some of them are his own, though. I think they're actually they're all his voices. He's hearing stuff he said in the past, like he's having mental flashbacks, I guess. And we also see he puts his hands down for a moment on the truck that his hands are also pretty burned so his leg is singed bad and his leg his hands are also pretty pretty burned uh pretty bad there plus there was like that weird distorted music in the background too yeah like not with only the voices but it was like it sounded like it was on a radio somewhere far off well that was the song he was humming when he was delusional and right. I think, right? Yeah, it's called Amigo was, Bronco or something. His name of the song. I looked it up. Um, I just thought it was really cool the way that played in the background, and he was all woozy and like he wasn't sure if he was hallucinating, and like that really added to that whole feel to me. You know? Well, I wonder like if they did that on purpose to uh, to show him walking almost like a walker, to show that he was kind of like in that st- that that kind of in between realm of of almost dead because he's living in the past memories of regret like he's just just pain right. regret loss like he thinks he killed his daughter he th- like right. all these things are coming in like he's just he's barely alive like everything is instinct really um so it was like i think it kind of set the tone for where he was 
mentally and emotionally when you saw him in the beginning of the show without having to tell us that it was a, it was a nice way to to telegraph it already so he encounters a small herd uh, of walkers he hides and they all just kind of pass except for one one female walker turns around and gives him some chase and he en- ends up going underneath the car but he doesn't really make it that far and she's about to start munching on his leg when a- suddenly a dog just comes by and barks and and that distracts the walker enough to go away uh and doesn't finish daniel off and he just kind of laughs a little bit and that's does it, it does it feel like yeah heavy- like does it feel like in this move in this episode that it was like, I am no good. I am not a good man. I deserve to die. But almost like nature, God, whoever you want to say, the creator is, is like, no, you don't, you don't get to die today. Yeah, I mean, he should have died like 15 times in this episode, and he didn't. And it, yeah. yeah, and it's like, it almost like, and it's, it's of nature. Like, the, the first two things that save him, you know, there's two things that save him in this, in this show, other than people. And those two things are just nature, like a dog saving mm-hmm. him, and then we'll see later, uh, nature, like just yeah. the yeah. whole force of nature saves his life. Like they really want to put that in his head that this is where he is right now. Like, it's not it's his time. Like, it's not his time to go just yet. You yeah. have and he things play, to do. Yeah. And he plays it very much as a man with nothing to lose. Yeah. Like and a man yeah. like who's gone past like caring whether or not he dies. Like like you said, right. Daryl, this early part where he's he's laying under the car. And like the 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 dog drives the walker away, and he's kind of like half laughing, half crying to himself, and he passes out. Yeah, yeah. almost like he laughed exhaustion. about it. Yeah, like almost like he laughed. Like, damn it, God, you won't even let me die. When I, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> when I should, you know, like you just you just keep going. You just want me to stay and and suffer in my, uh, you know, in in all my faults and all the the, the terrible things I've done. Yeah. So that brings us right to the credits. There was no crazy noise this week. It just kind of smoothly went into the opening credits, the opening scene there. After commercial, we see Daniel right where we left him. He's still hiding underneath the car. I think he's passed out at this point just from exhaustion, thirst, pain, whatever. And we can see another walker is approaching him. So I guess he's they can smell him or whatever. They're about to go, go underneath the car and get him when suddenly somebody kills the walker. And he says a prayer in Spanish at the same time driving a nail into his head with a wooden mallet the walker that mm-hmm. is um that person then grabs daniel and drags him out from underneath the car and daniel screams no no leave me alone like i'm not dead you know leave me alone uh the persons we come out to find his name is ephraim ephraim tells him to relax and be calm that he's a friend um they exchange names and then daniel asks for some water ephraim uh tells daniel that there's good news and there's bad news the good news is, <laughs> I got plenty of water, but it's gonna, you have to walk a bit to get there, you know, on your bad leg. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the bad news. Ephraim helps Daniel walk and brings him to the hiding place, which I couldn't really tell what that was. Is that kind of like a, like a shopping mall or like a little alleyway? I thought it was a mall or something like yeah, that. Yeah, or like maybe like a flea market, like a dirt mall or something. That's right, like With a bunch okay. of different stalls in it. Yeah. Yeah, like, it, like it, was, like. it was an alley between two buildings almost. Like that's kind of what it looked like. And it was shops mm-hmm. that were closed mm-hmm. in between. Right, yeah. Um, so he brings him to his little kind of covered alley, uh, and it's protected by a chain link gate. So it's kind of his safe little home. And Ephraim, I guess, is a homeless person, or at least he was before this happened. That's what that's kind of what right. it looks like. And this is this is these are some of his shelters, I guess, that he's been living in. Ephraim uh, leads Daniel to a fountain, but it's dry. Daniel's getting pissed at this point and says, "Who are you?" 
And Ephraim says that he's the fifth Beatle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Daniel calls him a bastard, but then suddenly, as the clock strikes five, the water turns on and the fountain starts to run. Daniel drinks from it, and then Ephraim collects the rest of the water in a large plastic container. Uh, Ephraim explains that every Tuesday at five, a little miracle occurs, and the water gets turned on for a little bit. And I was about to say, like, there, there is a there's this true crisis of faith with Daniel. Like, his, his wife was very religious. Well, even though she was with the devil, like she wound up calling him a devil at the end. It's true. Um, but there is a lot of that kind of a lot of that symbolism in this episode, which works, I think, with Daniel having to have faith when he didn't. You know, like there probably was many times he didn't have faith. Really, uh, he lived in fear of of you know his his daughter finding out what what he did before. He never trusted anyone. You know, even in this. He grabs his hand, and it's almost like if he had the strength, he probably would have held him and threatened him right. to give him water if he could have, but he didn't have the energy to even do that. He had to. He was forced to trust him when he hates to trust people, um, and we got that from the first season, how he was like that. Um, but this episode, I, I'm, it was really nice the way that it was paced in the beginning um, with him having to just lean on people strangers and that's he they definitely put him in a in a place that he does not like to be in he does not like strange that was all we knew about him is he hates strangers he hates he doesn't trust them doesn't like them yeah i only have my circle yeah it's only me and my wife and daughter that's it we don't (laughs) we don't let anyone else in the circle unless we have no choice and in this episode like he's forced to be forced to be in this uh little little uh click of people and they're helping him. It's a good point. I mean, if you go Even back a little bit, he didn't yeah. trust uh, the, the soldiers when they were back in the town, no. right? Mm-hmm. He didn't trust mm-hmm. Strand when they first ran into him, right? They, he still doesn't. Still doesn't exactly. Like he had. You're right. He's got this thing. I mean, somehow he was no, cool no. with Madison and Travis. They were kind of cool, I guess, because I guess they helped him, but a little bit. But yeah. I don't know. Like, yeah, he has a trouble uh, trusting people. You're definitely right about that. So Daniel is then loaded into Ephraim's tricycle. And Ephraim plays a tape on a radio with a voice saying, Agua, Agua, as he rides through mm-hmm. the ruins of Tijuana. Uh, Ephraim uses a baseball bat to dispatch a few walkers who get close to the bicycle and uh, ends up riding into a small group of people with Daniel. Um, and they're kind of like, like at, at this um, dumpster. They're kind of just all gathered by this little dumpster off the main street. And Ephraim has the large container of water that he filled up just before. When he arrives, Ephraim asks if anyone has seen Lola. They say they haven't, uh, but they have to be careful because right then we see one of Dante's water company trucks on patrol looking for these people. Like you see them on the street, the truck is rolling by and searching for him. Daniel starts to scream in pain as he lands on his leg when he gets off the bike and the group tells him to be quiet and they kind of put their hand over his mouth. He then passes out. When Daniel wakes up, we hear voices of Lola and Ephraim. Lola says that he needs antibiotics, Daniel that is, and also says they need to clean the wound on his leg as the clothes have basically been burned right into the skin. She's Mm -hmm. worried that he might lose the leg anyway. Is it worth even the effort? But Ephraim says, I've seen worse than this. We can can work with, we, we can save this person. Like, he's really trying to save Daniel. He called it rotten. Like, she basically said that leg is rotten. It's rotten, right. And, it, and it's funny, yeah. like, it, meant, it, it, it it was almost like she was trying to insinuate that he's done. He's rotten. He's finished. Like, Pretty there's much. nothing we could, 
we should let him go. And and Ephraim just kind of was like, I see something in him worth, you know, worth saving. Yeah, almost. and she convinces him to convinces her to do the the surgical procedure. I guess yeah. that she's going to do in just yeah. a moment. And then Daniel, Daniel regains consciousness and kind of he knows what's happening. He's a little delusional for a minute, but then he realizes what they have to do and he sees the razor blade in her hand and he says it takes a steady hand. He knows Mr. Mr. Skin Peeler. He knows what that's all about. Mm-hmm. So Lola then starts to go to town on his uh, on his leg. And that was a pretty cringeworthy scene. I'm like, oh, God, I'm looking at this. Yeah. I know, scraping. Scraping that, the deep breathing <clears throat> that, that, that wound. I won't, like, I, won't go into too, I won't go into too much uh, detail, but I've had that. Uh, same uh, uh, procedure done on my oh. leg. Oh, what, from a, a burn? From a burn or from? A... Well, I, I have, uh, I have, well, I have uh, um, venal stasis, so it causes like wounds on my leg. And okay, have to get rid and dealt with and stuff. It's no fun. It's probably about as much uh, as painful as you'd expect. Oh, uh, that, yeah. And then he, he didn't have any painkillers. He's just laying there. You gave him a little alcohol. Yeah. That was about it. I mean, ugh. So after the commercial, some time has passed, and Daniel is now on the mend, so we did a little time jump here. He's wearing some new clothing, like street walker, street person clothing, like homeless people's clothing, with a little cap on and everything, and he's using a single crutch. Both him and Ephraim are in a like a viaduct searching for supplies. Uh, Ephraim takes down another walker, same style, does the blessing and the nail to the head type of thing, and Daniel looks at him and says, did you used to be a priest? And Ephraim says, well, I used to be many things, but he didn't admit to it they end up in another one of Ephraim's makeshift shelters near the viaduct there Daniel's grateful for him saving his life and he says listen thank you you didn't have to do this thank you so much for saving me in return he offers Ephraim a professional haircut which he probably hasn't had in many many moons Ephraim thanks him and then uh, asks what time Daniel's going to sneak out on him like he knows that Daniel's about to go he knows that Daniel's on the run from something and something's eating him up and he's going to eventually go and that, that he even said there's something rotting inside you far worse than your leg Ephraim can perceive that I did like the way he brought that up there. he's like let me ask you a question yeah. and I was like uh oh what's he going to ask him it could be anything mm-hmm. you know? and he's like when was the last time you had your hair cut by a professional <laughs> <laughs> right and then when he gets in there he's like wow I forgot what I look like you know yeah, it was nice. It was nice. That was, a, that was a nice little you know, bonding between them that kind of plays against itself later. I mean, it was the only thing he could do to really repay the guy, right? What, what else could he do? I mean, right. he had nothing to offer, and that, right. that, that also added to his not trusting people. It's like if you have nothing to give, then you give. You know, like you don't help people that can't give you something in return. That was kind of his, kind of his the way. Even though his wife wasn't that way, he was that way. Um. And and this totally this totally was him out of his comfort zone. Like this is, you know, these are people helping him for no reason. He was not, he he had no benefit to the group when he was he had the, a bad leg, he had no supplies. Like this is him totally vulnerable to to anyone. Like yeah. he had nothing to give. So Daniel then starts to talk a little bit more about himself, and he admits that he's a bad man. He's done many bad things. That's why he has to leave. He's killed many men, and he feels that now is his time to pay for his debts. Ephraim asks, how many men did you kill? And he replies very quickly. Daniel replies, 96. Like, he knows the top of his head exactly how many people he's killed in his life. Yeah. Daniel shares a story about how he arrived in Los Angeles and became a barber and tried to keep his daughter protected from his past as a killer in the war. 
He also recounts how he lost it a little, like his mind, at the Abigail house. That he, he says, my mind was not right. And he set fire to the place. And he woke up inside the fire and he expected to die, but somehow he managed to survive after being trapped. And they said the building collapsed, but he clawed his way out. And this is something that we didn't really see, but he just right. told us what happened. Like, okay, we this is how he survived. He just clawed his way out. Okay, makes sense. I mean. And a nice way of telling us without it feeling like you had to read off a right. whole thing of telling you know giving us or having, a, or having a flashback in a flashback episode or something right like yeah right. <laughs> exactly so daniel's uh, ultimately afraid that he may have killed his daughter ophelia by setting the fire so he really doesn't know where she is he could have killed her for all he knows he's just carrying around all this guilt all mm-hmm. this all this worry Ephraim is a bit horrified to hear the story you can see his face and then daniel begs begs him for forgiveness and he says, please forgive me as you forgive the, the dead outside. When he does that little blessing on him with the nail. Ephraim says there's good news and bad news. <laughs> the good oh. news is there's no one left alive to judge Daniel anymore. Or something to that effect. Mm-hmm. And the bad news is we don't know because then Ephraim just falls asleep. <laughs> oh, I had those couple of days falling asleep like that. <laughs> he had a couple of drinks. He had some of that, that yeah. moonshine. He put him right out. The he, little the well, whiskey. He drank uh, a tequila, lot. tequila. He, he drank a lot. Like, there was implication that maybe he was some type of uh, street preacher, preacher at one time, but terrible things happened, maybe, that brought him, you know, that to, booze to again. the drink. That booze, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's a killer. So Daniel then leaves the shelter. Ephraim is assumed to be sleeping at this point. Daniel leaves, as he, you know, basically is expected to do. Uh, he's now in the viaduct. It's nighttime. There's a huge thunderstorm brewing overhead. Mm-hmm. Daniel takes out one walker that's approaching him with a crutch. And he's like, and he, oh, what he said too, he goes, what? Are you hungry? What? Eat on this or whatever. And he whacks the, he whacks the, the walker with the crutch. It was pretty cool. It yeah. landed right in the river and kind of floated well, away. A, you know, there's a feel. I don't know if anybody ever feels this way, but there yeah. is a feeling you get when you're out in like a, a storm like that. Where it all like you are right now, like, like yeah. a force. Yeah, like I am now, where there's like a force <laughs> of nature about to happen. Like, anything could happen from the skies. Like, it really looks crazy. You know, the little lightning, thunder, and all that kind of stuff. Like, and it, and, it, and it almost gives you a certain feeling of it. Like, anything, you know, like, it's it's dangerous a little bit. And it's, you know, there's just that feeling of it. And, and sometimes it's just a rush you get when you're out there in nature like that. And it, they did a good job of duplicating that. Um on the show, like I was going to say really the sound broad. effects were really on point, yeah, and and the, and the visual. I know Jim, you've had complaints before that it's been too dark. I don't think it was the case this time. I think I they lit it better. Um, yeah, I do. I agree. This one was the directing was really good in this episode too. I thought mm-hmm. everything was clear and like easy to see and and well. Well, I mean, even the ten the tense moments were a lot of close ups, which is good. And I, I just overall, I thought it was like you said the issues we had with it being dark, like last episode, didn't have this have those this time. Yeah, and that's that scene especially where you see the lightning. They use like I don't know. They use some kind of different kind of lens because you see like the lightning bolts happening in the sky. And you yeah, see, it's like yeah. almost like a like, like a like a wide shot, almost like you see mm-hmm. the background and the foreground, and nothing's blurry. It's a really you feel like you're right there. You're standing right next to him. I thought it was really cool. Were, yeah, they used a lot of good environmental shots in this episode. Like you said, the beginning part with him out in the desert. And, yeah, the uh, this this drone the, type the, of shot, the flyover. Yeah. And, yep. Yeah. yeah, Blumhouse does that. Like Blumhouse. They have very small budgets for their movies, and and it had a similar look to how some of their films look like when they do outside. 
tripod shot. Gotcha. The, so the way they light it or whatever with the lenses they use, yeah. whatever they do. Yeah. yeah. No, it's pretty cool. I, I definitely respect that. So after he takes the first walker down and, and she's or whatever, he's in the river, this big, monstrous <laughs> walker just appears and starts growling at him. You know, the, the big beard and shaved head. The guy's mm-hmm. monstrous. Um, and Daniel tries to hit him with the crutch, but he breaks the crutch on the guy. It didn't even didn't even do anything. It felt like his demons. Like I don't I maybe I read so much into it, like yeah. really feeling it, but it almost felt like he thought he got away from something. Like he almost felt a little better when he talked to the guy uh earlier, uh even earlier. Right. But now it's like, no, you haven't dealt with your demons really. Because he it was a guttural thing. He literally sounded like a demon <laughs> coming to kill him. Yeah, yeah right. it was almost, yeah. and it and it was almost like a slap in the face, like your demons will kill you. If you do not deal with them, they will kill you. And he almost gave up. He was like, I'm done. He's like, I'm done. And they took a little poetic here because the walker actually stopped for a few seconds. Like, he wasn't walking. <coughs> he like, he just stood there, which is unusual. Usually they're always and walking. And watched him. Right, right. Usually they're walking towards something, you know. Let's, yeah. you know so it was pretty. But it was. It worked. It didn't, it didn't bother me too much, but it was just right, pretty cool. Right. So Daniel gets on his knees and he begins to pray. And he even says in Spanish, mother of God, you know, he's trying to do, he's getting religious at this point. He feels like this is the end of his life and he expects to die. And just as the walker starts to come at him, the big monstrous one, a lightning bolt hits this guy directly in the skull, right in his head. And the impact of it obviously kills the walker, but it also knocks Daniel unconscious into the running water of the viaduct. Yeah, that was the eye roller. So what, the lightning... I mean, the, the CG was pretty yeah. on point, though. No, the it CG looked, it, it's not the, yeah, the CG looked bad. It was just like, it was a bit much that, you know. The lightning bolt. It was too much. Like, okay. yeah. yeah. It's like, seriously, Deus Ex Machina. <laughs> yeah. right. It's like, I get it. You're trying to say, you know, like, we, we get the, the symbolism of, you know, nature or God or whatever. There's something keeping him from dying, right? Mm-hmm. But it was just a little too... A little too on the nose. I yeah, got you. I got you. Uh, well, on the other hand, I thought it was, it was cool from a creative standpoint that we've never seen that kind of walker kill before. You know, we've never seen harnessing lightning as a weapon before. So that's, you know... I would almost They're running out of ways feel, almost to kill these things. So that was pretty I interesting. Know, <laughs> I would almost feel a little better about it if he had, like, a wire, like a like a pole stuck in him. Oh, like a piece of rebar sticking out of his head or something like that. and then uh, Right. Okay, but yeah. for it to just naturally hit somebody, like, the odds of that... <laughs> In the head, mind you. Right, right. If you hit the arm, it wouldn't kill him. Right, it has to be the head. Right, right. yeah, that's true. Right. It, it just was a little, it just was a little <laughs> much. That's pretty funny. So after commercial, we see two walkers in tan. Sorry, two workers, not walkers. Two workers in tan jumpsuits, joking around and laughing as they flip a coin to see whose turn it is to clean out a sewer pipe that they're working on. So mm-hmm. we, I, I kind of expect, thought they were in the dam. We didn't really know where they were from yet, but they are. They're they're dam workers. They're just. Uh, Right. Little peons that work for Dante. So apparently the rain has washed a few of these walkers into these sewer pipes from the viaduct, and they got to clean it up. Um, the skinny one who lost the coin toss goes into the pipe, but he, he ends up grabbing this big monstrous walker. He needs help to get him out, so he calls the fat one, uh, and they end up getting getting him out. I love how they share this moment. Like they're actually laughing. They they say, "Hey, the fat one right. looks, like, looks like the fat one that just pulled him out." And then like he's laughing hysterically, and then suddenly Daniel pops out of the muck and scares him. Yeah, that <laughs> was good. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> That's pretty crazy. Yeah. 
But I just love this guy's laugh. He's like, he's like, hey, look, at, it looks like you, Gordo. <laughs> like they're just laughing. Like that was, you know, you don't see moments like that too often where they're no. actually like, sharing no. a laugh. You know, well, he he ends up dying in the end, but uh, he's not laughing for Oops. long. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> That's is a that real a, laugh. Is that a telltale sign? So if you become the moral compass, you're dead, right? If you start laughing yeah. too hard, you're dead, right? That's it. It's like you. <sighs> You're not long for this world. You're not long for this world. Too much. <laughs> Don't laugh too, too hard. Too much attention. Too much attention. No, it's the moderate dead. The, yeah, the moderate. Yeah, the don't, don't, don't go too far one way or the other. Don't. Yeah, exactly. Don't laugh too hard. Don't scream too loud. In the next scene, the workers have taken Daniel inside of a closet, and, and they're debating what to do with him, the, the two janitors, that is. They're afraid if they turn him in, the boss will think that they were the ones that snuck him inside somehow or whatever. Then Lola walks in. And says, oh, my God, Daniel, you're here. And asks Daniel what he's doing there. To protect everyone, she makes the decision to disguise Daniel as a janitor. And she gives him a tour of the facility. The, the Gonzalez Dam is what it's called. Lola explains that it's fully operational. But the person who runs this place, Dante, is ruthlessly controlling it. He's he's distributing the water his way. Not letting it flow through the pipes or anything. He's, he's rationing it to the townspeople in his way. Uh, inside the dam, Lola then tells Daniel that he must play along. Like you got to pretend like you've never seen me right. before, you don't know who I am, and that you begged me for the job of, of a janitor. Suddenly, Lola yeah. reminds me of his wife. Whose wife? Mm. There's a way that he looks at her. Daniel's Daniel, wife. The way that Daniel looks at, at her, that Lola, that makes me think, <laughs> reminded me of his wife because of how he looked at her. See, I thought he saw Ophelia in her. That's what I caught. Because at the I end, when he asked for maybe, forgiveness... Maybe. Well, I mean, maybe that's kind of the, like, they are very similar. Like, his mother and daughter were very kind people. So, See, I, I guess, yeah, I like, guess it could be either one. And but the reason he turns in Ephraim, I figured out, mm-hmm. I was thinking about this before, is because he wants to protect Lola now. Like, he's... Oh, it was uh, always just for her. Right, he's like, adopted Lola as, as his surrogate mm-hmm. daughter, almost. I think that's kind of what I have to got. protect her. Yeah. Ha- you could be right. Like, I just, I, I don't know, maybe I just it went to wife mm-hmm. because I was thinking about how sad he was. And, and how uh, regretful he was in the beginning. Yeah, I thought of his Griselda wife more than his daughter. Yeah. yeah. But it he, works either well, I mean, he, Yeah, I mean, he's so guilty about everything that happened and, you know, Ophelia and everything. He's willing to, like, try to protect almost anyone. He's, and she took care of him. Like, yeah. She, I think oh, I, she did. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah. So Ephraim did like a little more, though, I think. But I mean, for that kind of protection, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, next we see JC come into the picture. He's uh, Dante's, like, head henchman or whatever. Oh, and you know, asshole in charge. Th- yes. Pretty much. That, that's him. And he questions Lola, who is this new guy, and why do we need more janitors, and blah, blah, blah. And Lola puts him in his place saying, look, you deal with the security end of things. I'm going to deal with keeping this place clean. And these walkers are coming in through the pipes. We need people to clean them out and shut your face. Right. So, so <laughs> pretty much uh, tra- translated there. Yeah. J- JC took it and walked away. He uh, smiled too. He, he did. He did. Smile. Yeah. Because she said, "You stick to security." You yeah. Dumb. Yeah. They like her though. I mean, it's, yeah. That's the thing about her. She gives off that. She's that a feisty. Light in that. She's feisty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's kind at the same time. Right. I like Lola. So next we see Daniel acting in full janitor mode. He's got his tan jumpsuit on. He's, he's you know he's shoveling the crap out of the sewer pipes and he's he's, he's a got that now. look though. Don't bother me though. He got yeah. that look like don't yeah. touch me though. Don't touch me. I don't want to. I don't want to hurt nobody. I don't want to hurt nobody. He won't be laughing with the other guy, right? He won't be sharing a laugh with him. No, that's not exactly, exactly. And then he notices he can see though from where he is how Dante is distributing the water to the people. He kind of gets a first glimpse of the. The, the system where the people line up and pay tribute or whatever for their uh, mm-hmm. for their water. 
And he's seen this before, so Daniel's like not it's not even a thought. It's like I lived this life before. I know tyrants. Yeah. I've worked for them. That's a good I've point. Worked for Warlords. Like he knows he knows mm-hmm. the type, right? Yeah, that's a good point. Well, to that's me, it just, has... it just seemed like he, I'm sorry, man. It just seemed like he was kind of uh, observing, you know, like he's waiting yeah. for his time, you know, like he was watching. Yeah. And he was like, okay, you know, this is what happens with here. These are these, you know what I mean? It just seemed like yeah. he was really keeping a close watch looking for that moment, you know what I mean? And then yeah. later when he finds it, it's like the big payoff to all that, it seemed to me anyway. Because yeah, he knows these dudes, he, you know, like right. he's... He knows they're like their every, type for sure. Right, yeah. he knows their type. He's he's uh, he's served them when they were needed to be served, you know, to survive. But he also knows the monsters he's dealing with. Right. So, so. inside, it's now chow time. Mm. And Daniel is quietly eating, I guess, what's a block of spam, it looks like. When... I guess so. Yeah, it looked <laughs> like cat food, man. A cat? I thought yeah, I was going to say yeah. spam. Oh, no, All right, it but looked I, like it. Was... <laughs> it looked like mm. they took a can of tuna fish and just slapped it down on top yeah, of the plate. Yeah, especially later when the guy is bullying him, like puts his, puts finger, his finger in it. Puts his finger in it. Squishes. <laughs> I'm just like, they're giving him cat food. What's going on? Oh man. So uh, he's sitting there quietly eating his spam when Boss Man Dante walks in. Everyone in the room, kind of a la sanctuary savior style, gets up. To, yeah. to pay respect to the boss, but he doesn't. He just keeps chewing. He doesn't even look at the guy. He just keeps, you know, he yeah. just sits down. JC, I'm a killer. I'm a, yeah. JC, <laughs> the henchman, doesn't like this. He says, "Whoa, whoa, no. whoa!" He goes, "That's the jefe. When he comes in, you stand up. You yeah. pay your respect." Yeah, and Daniel I'm says, of him. "Oh, you need to be scared of him." Yeah, yeah. Daniel's like, "Oh, that's the boss." Like that. He's like, "Oh." I didn't. <laughs> yeah. Plus, he's coming out. He's like exuding this thing of like, "Hey, don't start now. Won't be none." Don't right? Do it. Don't do don't it. Do it. So don't like, do this it. guy like goes way over the line. Yeah. JC then yeah. says, "Daniel should also look at him while he's talking," and then he puts mm. his middle finger directly into that block of spam, like you said, of food or whatever. Daniel then stabs his hand with the fork. That's a, I shouldn't yeah. say stabs. He gives him a little poke. Like it was like, you know, like a right. you know, a jab. It wasn't like a, the right. fork was sticking out of the hand or anything, but so uh JC uh, I'm sorry, uh yeah, JC draws a gun on him. Dante approaches to see what's going on. Daniel, I like that elbow though first. He he did a smooth like He I, was Jason Bourne this episode, bro. Even in the end he did he did like this crazy and that's an issue. Like, this <laughs> makes me feel like... This old man, yeah. They yeah. were not happy with how far they should have went in the first season with Daniel. So now they made Jason like Bourne out of him now. Is that what they did? Okay. Right, yeah. and I think in this, they're like, uh, we're going to try to add some stuff to it because they threw some CIA stuff in it that they never mentioned before. I don't remember right. anything about the CIA. It, I well, that looks, that's it true, that's explain, true. It does explain why he's such a badass, though, if he was right. trained... You know, in the well, San Salvador conflict right. on the Contras, I mean, in well, the we CIA. never got to see it. Well, we never got to really see it the way they directed it. All we episode. saw was him slice that, that army guy up a little bit. That's all That's we really it. saw, right? That's I mean, all we got to see. What else did he do? Got... I'm trying to think now. Did he didn't do really else? do anything. He shot people when they needed. You know, uh, he yeah, yeah. He took, he took some shots of people, whatever, if they had to. But yeah, that was it. But that was it. So it was like this in this one, I think we're gonna get a different day. They were like, all right, we gotta we gotta hype people up. We gotta we gotta upgrade. We gotta mm-hmm. upgrade some of these characters, like his daughter. His daughter now is a badass. Now all of a sudden she got the, <laughs> you know, the Ripley uh, aliens uh, tank top on. <laughs> you know, she's fighting and stuff. So now when she sees Daniel, when oh, they get together, from Sanchez from Aliens. She's right, right. And I, that's I, funny. I bet you we're gonna see a scene where she he's going to look in her eyes, and 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 see a sort of reflection of his own, and not be happy about that. Hmm. 
that's the fear he's had. Like he doesn't want her to be. Ophelia to know that world, right? Yeah, yeah, that's true. yeah. So Daniel then insists once the once Dante says, "Hey, what's going on here?" He goes, "I'm just eating. I was just eating." He repeated himself twice, <laughs> and then he approaches. Uh, he asks who, what his name is, and he replies, "Daniel Salazar." It's time. He, like that's what he knew. That's like when Jim said it and was. It- it was time to throw that name out there. Right. Yeah. He must, and then Dante must have heard the accent or something. And he says, where are you from? And he mm-hmm. goes, from San Salvador. So yeah. Dante's intrigued, and he approaches Daniel, asking him, is it Sergeant Salazar or Lieutenant Salazar? And then he reaches for Daniel's lower lip and pulls it down, and we can see inside is a tattooed uh, mm-hmm. the letters S and N. Which Dante recognizes as Sombra Negra, which I did some mm-hmm. research. That was a death squad in El yeah. Salvador during the war. Like he said, CIA trained. Like they were, they right. were American trained to get rid of the communists in that you know the uprising in that country. And they were like a death squad. They go around and just take out whole villages and stuff. Yeah, yeah. They want some heavy hitters. For they were, the Fear of the Walking Dead did not have heavy hitters, but you could tell they they need some now. They want <laughs> they need some Daryls and Michones and some. Some, some some crazy Daniels now. That's yeah, it. yeah, they need that. They need that. <laughs> so we're gonna get that now. All right. So Dante is proper impressed at this point. He tells JC to be more careful with who he picks a fight with because this guy's a killer. He then tells everyone to make room and he invites Daniel to join him on his little walk outside of the the mess hall. And Daniel Daniel proceeds. Did you see the look on his on on Lola's face? She's like oh, stunned. She's like, oh my god. That's the look. Yeah, like, like he's look. a killer. Like, yeah, her mouth was open. Like, she's just, like, gaping mm-hmm. there. Like, yeah. Dante and Daniel are walking outside of the dam. And Dante explains that he needs someone with Daniel's talents to track down who's been stealing some of his water. Dante says that he needs someone to help him guarantee order. Order is very important. And he asks Daniel to join him, essentially. Dante then asks Daniel what he would want in return. And Daniel replies, well, I'd like to have a Jeep. And the guy's like, a jeep? For what? He, he says, I have to go look for somebody. I'm, I'm missing somebody. Dante says, look, I'll lend you a jeep, whatever, if you want to go looking. But this is where you should be. This is where your new home is. There's, there's uh, opportunity here. You don't need to be go wandering looking for trouble on the outside. We now cut to Daniel now riding on the truck through the streets of Tijuana. So he's with the, the squad now, JC and the, and the gang. He's looking for the band of water thieves. The truck busts through the entrance of Ephraim's fountain shelter. This I don't understand. Did Daniel point him to this place? Like this is what I don't get. Did Daniel tell? I thought he did. I thought thought he did. But they also, but also to be fair, and remember in the beginning of the episode, they said that they've been coming when when um, they brought Daniel to the group. Uh, They said that they've been coming to. They've been coming here, meaning that area, Mm -hmm. more frequently. So something must have tipped them off, other than Daniel. That this this is where whoever it is is doing this stuff right. is in this area. We just can't find exactly where, but they're in this area. So I'm going to assume that Daniel told them because why else would they bust through that gate that they drove by a hundred times before? You know what I'm saying? Like like we didn't see him point right. the, the truck to that, but we're just going to assume that he told them. I, I guess because there's no other point for them to do that Dukes of Hazard style bust through the chain link gate there with the truck. It just makes no sense I mean, maybe, otherwise. Maybe didn't, Daniel may not have told them exactly where he was in the beginning of the drive, but mm-hmm. maybe when they got close to it, he was he like, says, I have to give him up. Yeah, here, here. Go over here. Let's go through this. Yeah, maybe he yeah. pointed them there. So JC and the thugs 
uh, check out the area. The fountain is dry, though. It's not 5 o'clock yet, right? So the fountain's not flowing. They say, all right, they say nothing's here. Let's just go. But then Daniel notices the clock, and it's just about to turn 5. He then summons JC to Ephraim's little hiding place. I guess there's another room down there somewhere. And he goes, and we see the tape player saying, Agua, Agua. And Daniel, Daniel says to JC, here's your water thief. We don't see Ephraim, though. We don't see him on mm-hmm. camera yet. No. So we really don't know what, what Daniel's doing at this point, but he's really giving up his friend. Yeah. I just don't understand. How do they realize that some of their water's leaking out? Like it's, it's a huge dam. How do they freaking know that... A few gallons are leaking out every Tuesday at five o'clock. How do they I even? Was, I was wondering that too, and like why the you know why the regularity and all that other stuff. And I mean, I had a few questions about that too. But I don't know. Like the, the, that's the hard thing about this is I don't know how they how it works in a water plant with the measuring of where because you know it's all about pressure, right? Okay. If someone can read it, I guess if someone can read it, you know when. There's a valve opening up and water is flowing mm. to, to end to a different place. And when you told it not, you know, like when you cut it off and you open up the the the, the valve, you can see that. So if you if someone knows how to work the area, maybe one of the workers was like, I I saw something or whatever. I don't know. Like that's the thing; they never say it. Right. How they discover it? Uh, how they know this water is going? And that's the problem. Maybe less is more. I don't need every single detail. I mean, I, right. I guess I, I get right. it. It's just it's little stuff, little just disconcerting, but nothing big, I guess. I mean, it's, you know, it's just water. So back at the dam, Lola is furious and can't believe that Daniel would betray Ephraim, the man who helped him and saved his life. Daniel tries to explain it would have that he would have been caught anyway. Like he's mm-hmm. he's almost and this this is where Daryl, this is where I saw him talking to her like he used to talk to Ophelia. Saying yeah, yeah. this this is the way it's got to be. You would have been caught anyway, and you right. would have been killed lo- along with them. Trust me, I've seen people like this. I'm going to protect you. Like he rationalizes, saying he what he did was to protect Lola. She doesn't yeah, believe him and storms out. But I just got that oh, feeling totally. right there from that scene. And and he was right, though. So. I mean, I mean, little. Yeah, he knows. Actually, he was right. I mean, and and his daughter and his daughter would would do what Lola did, but. Everything he said to her was absolutely right. They would kill her. That they would kill her without question yep. if they found out that it was it was either this guy or her. Right. That's it. Like there's no other way around it. So Daniel's now outside, and he he's basically now we we're caught up to where we were last week. He witnesses from a different point of view the scene mm-hmm. where Strand is being pushed to the ground by the the guard and Dante walking up and talking to Strand. So we kind of fast forwarded to that point. And then we fast forward again, where we see Daniel giving the canteen of water through the metal bars to Strand. And Strand, now we finally see his response. He's actually happy to see him. And, right. and Daniel demands to know if Ophelia is still alive. Well, he looked like he was going to help him, too, when he saw him before the guy got there, before the guy, the, the big guy came. He, he, he made a move to like he was going to stop it or something. And then when the, the, guy in, the big guy in charge came, president day whatever right Dante. that's when he stopped that's when he stopped when dante got there yeah so strand explains and daniel is relieved to hear that she, you know that ophelia got out of the compound alive because again he's still thinking that he killed her at this point strand mm-hmm. says no, no no we all made it to this resort in rosarito or whatever and you know I, I let's go you and me will go i'll lead you right to her meanwhile strand knows that ophelia is missing right? right i mean he knows that he's I lying. Know he lying he's I lying through he his lying. teeth right now yeah Mm-hmm. Um, but this is where he blew it. He says that, oh, yeah, she's there and she's waiting for you. 
He's like, wait that, a second. Yeah, that was the line right there. That's when, like, Daniel, like, I don't know that. Again, Ruben Blades really gives a good performance in this episode. Mm-hmm. You can see the 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 turn in his face, right? Right when right when they, they had the reaction shot when Strand says, "Yeah, she's waiting for you." It just turns from hope that she's actually alive to immediate like done. Oh, you've been lying to me. You tried to take me in again. You son of a bitch. He calls which him a was, son of a bitch, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, yeah, yeah it like, turns on a dime. It's an awesome performance. Yeah, yep. And it also is like I trust, like I brought you in a little bit in the circle to trust you, and now you broke it. Like, it, see, that's why I don't. That's why I don't trust people because you're just like everybody else. I mean, Strand like was on the nice with him anyway, but right, he was but at least going to give him a shot. Him. Give him a shot at least, you know. But yeah. you showed him. But you showed him. You you. you showed me you're like everyone else out there in this world you know like that's not my daughter and, and wife you're just like everybody else I right she's not you. waiting for me she's pissed at me man no. why is she waiting for me last conversation yeah. i had she wanted to kill me man so it yeah. added too much you should have just said the strand can't help it he always like to make the present he always tries to make the presentation pretty. See, I thought Stray was smoother than this, though. He's off his game, man. Ever since he is Abigail, totally off his game. He, oh, I mean, you know, he's you get locked game. up for a while with no water. I mean, uh, you're not going to uh, be as subtle and as cool as you would he, be. Either. He he was cool in that prison with the uh, army guys. He was cool as a cucumber, man. He's making he deals was, with them, trading watches. He ran. And, da- he read Dante wrong. Yep. Like, yeah, he's, he's off his game, wrong. man. He's yeah. off of it. Yeah, he's, he's way off, off of it. it. Yeah, he's messed up. So Strand calls him a son of a bitch. I mean, I'm sorry. Daniel calls Strand a son of a bitch, a liar, and a snake. He deserves what's coming to him. Strand tries to understand why Daniel doesn't believe him. And mm-hmm. Daniel leans in and says, Ophelia is dead. Her father is dead, and now you are dead. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's in a bad place right now. Yeah, man. He's cold-blooded. You broke, the, you, broke the, you broke the circle of trust. <laughs> you are done. You're so done. He gets summoned. Daniel gets summoned away, and he, he um, Strand screams after him that, hey, man, you owe me for saving your life. He screams it through the bars, and Daniel just keeps on walking. And sure then does. Strand does like this, this Wrath of Khan type of thing. He goes, Salazar! Like that. There's <laughs> like an echo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they, they put that little echo in there. It was perfect. Like, you know, yeah. reverb. Salazar! <laughs> <laughs> like he's heard that before. Right, that like, all right. Before. <laughs> Daniel then arrives at the interrogation chamber where Dante is beating the hell out of Ephraim. Dante is relieved that Daniel has arrived and says, now you will talk. The expert has arrived. <laughs> he wants to see what, what uh, Daniel's all about. He knows how to yeah. extract information. Dante says that all, all Ephraim has to do is divulge who's helping him, and this can all be over. Ephraim remains quiet. Dante then says to Daniel, okay, you, go, you get started. What do you need? He says, just space. So everyone kind of back, <laughs> backs away from him, right? He leans in real oh, close. Oh, yeah, and the biggest damn claw hammer in the world. <laughs> Man. <laughs> it's a long handle on that one, right? Huge. I know. Huge. That thing is huge. So Daniel leans in and whispers to Ephraim. So only nobody can really hear this, what he's saying to him. He whispers to him that, look, this can end one of two ways. If he talks, he'll be killed along with Lola. If he remains mm-hmm. quiet, he'll be killed, but he promises it'll be quickly. Mm-hmm. Ephraim doesn't like these choices. He says, that's, that's not really any choice here. Daniel, hey, brother. He called him Yeah, brother. hermano. And Daniel leans yeah. in again and says, forgive me. And Ephraim's like, what, again? Like, you know... <laughs> Right, <laughs> right. He's 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 cool. This guy Ephraim, I kind of like him. Yeah. Daniel then starts to brutally punch Ephraim in the face, and I mean brutally. Like he punched, he came yeah. hard. He knocked out teeth. Yeah. And, I mean, mm-hmm. it was bloody. 
And even brutal. if you watch with the captions, it's his teeth hitting floor. I'm like, oh god, like I didn't even. Ugh. Yeah, he was beating him. He's beating him like he was trying to break his cartilage up in his nose. Oh yeah, beating him, beating him like he owed him money. Yeah, and 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 Daniel's screaming, confess, confess, as he's punching him. Ephraim replies, he has nothing to confess. Daniel finally looks back at Dante and says, I don't think this guy's going to talk. Dante urges Daniel to continue, that he will talk eventually. Okay, so Daniel then walks over to the table with torture implements on it. There was like a bolt cutter, a blade, and a hammer, and like a pipe. I think those were the four choices he had that I could see on the table. He grabs the hammer and walks over to Ephraim. And he's about to swing it real hard. I got his head. Yeah. I guess I'm just yeah, ending the, end the guy. Him. Yeah, he's going to kill him oh, right yeah. there. Mm-hmm. Lola then runs and pushes Daniel away and basically hey. hugs Ephraim and, gets, and stops the situation there. Daniel Damn. then just drops the hammer to the ground. That's it. Damn. I don't want to kill you, Lola. You I know. Like, I don't want to do this. Outside the dam, they're lined up at the railing. And you see, it's going to be a cool shot. Like you see the point of view through the blindfold. Mm-hmm. And they kind of like take the bag off their head and they go, oh my God, we're at the, we're at the railing. Dante and his guards, along with Strand, Lola, Daniel, the laughing janitor, they're all lined up. He's not laughing now. No. Which I don't know why he was even part of it. Why was he even rounded up in this? I don't, I don't, I don't get that. Like, I don't know why, how that laughing guy was implicated in this at all. He might have just snatched them up for something else. They just needed a. They needed somebody we recognized, probably. Just, 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 just to just to send a message. Because <laughs> yeah. Daniel says to him, "I'm going to make you a messenger pigeon or something like that." Yeah, that's to the what guy. He says. And then he says, "Okay, fly pigeon." He throws him right off the. <laughs> off the he bush. sure did. And that was a cool shot too. Like you saw him hit the the like a pipe below before he hit the bottom, and you saw blood on the pipe. Like that was actually pretty, yeah, pretty good. Yeah, it was cold. I had to watch somebody go down there like that. Yeah, you know you're next. <laughs> yep. And Strand says, "Sweet Jesus." <laughs> <laughs> Sweet, he's really off his game, uh, man. He should have been cool oh, with this. Yeah. He's, he's not cool right now. He's he's, he's messed no. up. He don't see a way out of this. I don't think. No. Salazar. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Dante did ask Daniel to bring the next one. This time it's Lola. Daniel brings her to the railing. Dante then asks Daniel if he's ready, and he replies, "See, si, Senor." But then, f- for a second, Daniel hesitates, mm. and Dante mm-hmm. picks up on that. He says, yeah. "Forget it." He asks JC to step in and clean him up. Daniel then goes Jason Bourne. This is straight up Jason Bourne yes. right here. He yeah, did this with like a headbutt. He did this headbutt on JC yeah. and then yeah. shot him right in the head. Like like butt shoot. Like it was like two seconds. Like, like it was right. smooth butter, like cutting through smooth butter. It was he did it. Jason Bourne style. So he killed JC. Yeah. Then he shot the other two henchmen that were you know, down the railing a piece, right? I think even mm-hmm. I think Strand even tripped one of them. I think I saw that, but I don't know. I, I think he did. Yeah, yeah, he did. Okay, I, I, it was kind of cool, but somehow he ended the other two guys with, with, with the bullets. And then in between all that, uh, Daniel takes JC and throws him over the <laughs> over the, the railing himself, like he's like he just threw him right over. Mm-hmm. Um, Daniel then points the gun at Dante's head. Who tries to say that? Look, man, whoa, take it easy. I'm the one that saved you. I took you off the street. I brought you in. What are you doing here? All right. Daniel doesn't want to hear it and just shoots here's him in the what, head. This is what I love about that scene, okay? Yeah. <laughs> Any other show would have been like, I'm the one who took you in. And, like, it would have right. let him go on and on and on. Daniel's, like, not happy. Like, he starts his, like, little villain soliloquy or whatever. Yeah. Ends it. Daniel's just like, boom. Like, like two sentences in. Nope. Bye. Nope. You know? Pull no. it to the head. Got, See you later. Allow me, allow me to retort. Yeah. Daniel <laughs> had that kind of... He don't have that kind of conscience when it comes to killing bad guys. No. It's like, nah, nah. You, know, you don't get to talk too much. So those four kills now bring him up to 100, 
which is the title of this week's episode. Oh, so which was nice to have they little, they worked that little yeah. tie in there, you know. You did there, yeah. So um, Daniel then unties Lola. He gets on his knees in front of her and actually hands mm-hmm. her the gun. And once again, he asks for forgiveness. Yeah, and another great shot. They shot him in almost like silhouette. Yes, like, they were they were behind the dam, like, like the in space, the yeah. Yeah, yeah from like in the dam. You yes. saw the space in the sky behind them, and just the shadow yeah. of him like on one knee, like at her at her you know mercy, handing her the gun and saying, "Forgive me." And then almost that, her, and then her extending his. Yeah, exactly. And then she extends her hand, and it's just like, wow, what a great scene. Yeah, I thought it was good. What if she had done it? Like, like a part of me thought, what if they had the guts to just kill him? She just puts that gun up and just shoots him in the head. Like a rabid dog, just put him down, right? Right, like, gone, done. I mean, she did. He did save her. I mean, theoretically, mean, like, he beat the hell out of Ephraim. He's not dead, and you know, he did. Right, you're right. All of that, but I mean, yeah. what if they had done that? That would have been. You know, that's a risk. I mean, yeah, it's true. I mean, Travis just fell out of a helicopter two episodes ago, so it's right. I mean, anything could have happened here at this point. You're 100% right. I don't know. I didn't. So either way, that's it. That's the end of the episode. He he reaches out her hand, and Mm -hmm. she then waits a moment, but then takes his hand. I like how they ended it that way, though. Right. Yeah. That was pretty cool. So. Yeah. That's the episode 100. Mm Mm-hmm. Now what? <laughs> I didn't even, yeah. and I didn't, and I didn't see what was going to be next week's episode. Well, so I don't even know. I didn't either. Oh, guys, you, you would laugh. You, you see Daniel and um and and Strand in the convertible, like cruising Mexico together. Like this is like a sitcom oh, now. Oh yeah, yeah. It's, 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 <laughs> nice. Right, here we go. And he's like, "Where do you want me he, to go? He, yeah, what do you? He, what you <laughs> he's an international con artist. He's the same killer from the CIA. Can they get along? Bosom buddies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. So before we get to our Toby ratings, a quick word from our sponsor, uh, Daryl. Would you do the honors this week? All right. Let me see if I can get it right. I yeah. Don't want to get in trouble? No, no, no. We don't uh, get in trouble. Go ahead. <laughs> if you love comics, and I, I'm a comic. Let's see what happened to Chub Toad? He messed it up. I, yeah, I, well, yeah, I, I, I edited that. You know the listeners, the listeners don't know about that. I had I edited that one out, but uh, yeah, go go look. It for, may be a blooper uh, one day. <laughs> Go to DCB service, and, and if you are new to comics, and this, this is especially good for people that are new to comics, it's cheaper to go to DCB service and look up some comics that you might like, like The Walking Dead, for example. If you're watching this show, of course, you would like that. You can also check out some, some comics from Vertigo, which are uh, also in the vein of you know murder, mystery, thriller type of uh, comics. You could try trades. You could t- like. There's so many things you could do if you just like t-shirts or mugs or or any of that kind of stuff that you are into. Uh, which show you know any kind of the show uh, stuff that you like, a hats or, or that kind of stuff. We've all tried this uh, service before. We've did all you, uh, ordered. Did you see that Negan hardcover they're uh, soliciting? Yes. You, you tweeted it, about that, didn't you, Daryl? I was watching that. You uh, want this, yeah. Oh, man, this. if you're a fan Here, of here's Negan, Dead, right? if you're yeah. a fan of Negan, I mean... Jump it's, on it. It's all about, it's all Negan uh, hardcover edition that's coming out. They're soliciting this month. It looks incredible. But it's and not new, right? It's just because they, no, they, they released no. it like in little four-bit segments, right? So now you're going to have right. it all together in one spot. Right. right? Okay. And that's the thing with DCBS is that every month, there is always something that they have going on. Like you, you, they update that 
service every month. There's there's some kind of thing where you can catch a a, a nice collected edition, or there's a kind of bundle, uh, you know, of, of Marvel or DC or, or or any of that kind of stuff, or Vertigo, or even Image. You know, there's a bunch of Image uh, comics that are coming out that you right. might want to like dip your toe in it. Like if you're into other Kirkman, uh, you know comics uh like uh thief of thieves or um what's the other one with the demons that that's coming back uh, this summer outcast if you want to catch them on outcast or the trades they have an also a sister service called in stock trades which they have deals on trades every month uh and so you can jump on that and 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 kind of catch stuff like it's a good thing to if you like if you just want to dip your toe in it or you want to get a gift for somebody who you care about, who's in the comics, and, and it's the best way to do it. And you email them, and they will email you back immediately. Like, they never give you any, uh, you know, long pause of no response when you have any any questions or any problems with your shipping or or uh, you had any damaged books or anything like that. Like, they, I know them. Uh, we, You know, I've, I've seen them, and... They're comic fans too, yeah, so they want people. it to look good. Yeah. You know, they're real people, and they they want their books to they want the books to to come to you in 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 tip top condition, and they want you to to uh, be repeat customers. So they make sure that they try to to uh, to be there and answer questions and all that kind of stuff. So that's like their best ever. That's like their best advertisement. They are good customers. You know? Yeah. And yeah, happy yeah. customers, you know. Another exactly. comic, uh, Preacher, is coming back. I think, Ooh, right. To, to AMC. Yeah. So. I mean, there's another, you know, graphic novel you might want to mm-hmm. check out. DCB mm-hmm. service you can get on the cheap, you know. Excellent. Just, well, listen, Daryl, thanks for handling that this week. And they do make it possible for us to bring you the Walking Dead TV podcast every single time the show is on the air for your listening pleasure. Whether you listen to Fear, watch Fear, or don't, we're still here <laughs> for you. And uh, we bring you some entertaining stuff, and they make it possible for us to do that. So thanks again, DCPS. All right, let's get to our Toby ratings. Daryl, let's start with you. I would have to give it. Uh, I have to give it a four out of five. Like even talking about it again, I enjoyed it even more than I originally thought. I thought I was going to give it like a three point five, but I have to give it a four. It's. Just, like the actor that plays Daniel, he's so good. Yeah. And to to let him yeah. to to give him all this room to just do his thing. It's just amazing when it when when you see that. When you see a good actor be allowed to like really, really work those muscles and and, and just show you what they can do. And he did that in this episode. I mean he gave and they and they did a slick way of giving Daniel a little bit more of a dangerous streak to him. Like he Yeah. Is there something a little bit more about him than what we had before? And and I have to give it to I know people give this show a hard time. We do too when it's bad. When it when they when they do something wrong, mm-hmm. we will it we we talk about it. We admit it. It's it's rough. But I do think that they have done they've they've done a a, a lot better in terms of uh, putting these characters in better situations and developing their characters developing their 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 story um a lot better than they did the last two seasons i I, like i really there was no dreading any of these episodes so far um that we watched yeah four episodes in i mean it's 
like I'm sitting down and I'm enjoying it. Like I'm really sitting down and really enjoying where they're going. They're not going in the obvious places, you know, which I also like. Right. Uh, this thing could have been another three or four episodes of them being at the dam. Um, yep. But to wrap it up like it is, I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, I don't know how they're going to come together, and I don't know what's going to happen over uh, with Madison and the group because of what happened here. Like, that's not going to happen. They're not going to have the guns and the whole oh. thing and stealing it. That's That confrontation isn't happening. So whoever it is that they're they're dealing with, it's not the people from the dam. So Right. Because the dam is now left like in benign hands, for lack of a better yeah. term, right? Like like, like right. Lola and Ephraim are going to run things now, right, I guess? and. Right, they'll, right. They'll, they'll, so. they'll distribute the water equitably amongst the town's folks. So yeah, they're not a threat. Yeah. They're not a threat. They're anymore. not organized yeah. enough. until the yeah. until the autos come and take it from. Them. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, all right, Jim. How about you? I this episode actually kind of reminds me of um, the the Morgan centric episode that we got mm-hmm. in the regular Walking Dead where we kind of found out what happened to Morgan there while he was gone with Eastman mm-hmm. um, yes. with Eastman and stuff this has some parallels to that we have a very compelling actor in Lenny James and in, in Ruben Blattis here as Daniel uh, we get to see some we get to learn backstory on them as well as you know what's going on now they're both like are, are trying to fight their more violent urges but yet end up having to give in to them to survive so I'm seeing some parallels there um, this this episode was very strong. Again, Ruben Blades killed it. I thought he did a great job. I really liked the the that they dealt with the Dante situation quickly and efficiently. The, like uh, Daryl said, they didn't let it drag out. Um, when you and uh, again, like Daryl said, when you let a good actor go with a good script, and you know, I don't then I don't mind these one off episodes at all when they were done well like this. So I give it a four out of five as well. Yep, I'm in the same boat. Uh, it's a four out of five. It, it was the first time I watched it, and it definitely was the second time I watched it. I don't think it, you know, it just, it just I appreciated it a bit more. It didn't gain any numerical value to me, but definitely a solid four. Um, I like the risk taking they did with the completely Spanish speaking episode. I mean, it didn't bother me. It didn't put me out of the, uh, the story. Um, the subtitles were not distracting in any way. The acting was on point from Salazar to Ephraim. Uh, Lola was pretty good. I always love seeing you know, Strand. Speaking, speaking to that, though, if you don't mind, yeah. no. I think it would have been more distracting if they'd all been in English. Yeah. Interesting. Because, I mean, it makes sense that they would also be speaking Spanish. They're in Mexico. They're all Mexican. And, exactly. And Hispanic, it's Hispanic people. It's realism. It's yeah, it made sense that they did that. But I'm sorry. I mean, it, no, it, no, it's it's a good point. It, it didn't it didn't put it didn't take me out of the story at all. It was actually a no. very and the acting was great. So I I respected it for what it was. Direction was on point. No issues there. Just a solid episode. I'm liking what I'm seeing this season um, from Fear. I mean, if we compare some of these last couple episodes to some of the kind of the middle of the season episodes from some of the regular show, uh, I would put these up against them. I mean, they're good storytelling. Uh, and and this, and finally, the show, I think, is doing what it was set out to do from the first place. Like, it was, it's supposed to be not zombie-centric, not the zombies aren't the real problem. It's more about the people and the family and the ties and the, the threats. And finally, I think they're getting it now. Like, there was only a few zombies in the show. It was what maybe three or four plus the lightning guy. That's it. I mean, it yeah, wasn't like they yeah. were the threat. Yeah. They really, really weren't. I mean, all right, maybe a few more with the baseball bat, but they were just you know, they were just extras. They weren't like they were really like a threat. So the show is finally, I think, doing what it would have meant to do. And I, I'm, I hope it's because they listen to the fans. I don't know if it's because they listen to the fan reaction or even to us or to whoever. 
Um, or maybe they got some creative advice. Maybe they brought some new writers in. I don't know, but what they're doing this season is definitely working and starting to click. And you know, we'll see what happens. I'm just, I'm, I'm definitely liking what I'm seeing. Jim, do you want to read uh, Aaron's uh, review this week? Sure. Thank you. This is from uh, Aaron, who uh, usually is with us, but once again has his Hollywood job uh, getting in the way. Yeah. Uh, hey, hey, guys. Once again, I will not be able to make this week's podcast. Another one of Craig's dreams, in this case, <laughs> robots that turn mm-hmm. into cars. <laughs> I wonder what movie he's seeing. It's more like. than meets the eye. Right. Mm. Maybe he must be. He must be seeing that new uh, uh, art film. Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> I was thinking of my time, so I have to write in my opinion again. Uh, One hundred gets three out of five Tobies. I'm surprised it's not higher, as a focused episode on Daniel had potential, but the first two thirds were a real slog culminating in a cool-looking but ridiculous lightning strike. Uh, Once he finally got to the dam, things started to become more interesting. Instead of Daniel talking about his past, he could actually show it coming out of him in the present, which is far more intriguing to watch. I'll be curious to see where this goes, since he and Strand are basically in dam control by the end of this episode. Uh, Still curious how these two find their way back to the main plot and hoping that everyone together is involved in something that I genuinely want to see. Hopefully I'll be back next week to teach you guys, except Jim, some more Aesop's fables. But if it's back to Nick being terrible, well, we'll see. <laughs> that, thanks, Aaron, for for phoning that one in. We definitely appreciate that. And um, you Enjoy know, your time on the red carpet, there, pal. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, doing the Hollywood movie screening thing. But I, I wonder, you know, though. I wonder, mm-hmm. and I, and I know Aaron listens to this, so um, I wonder if he was with us to discuss this. If his rating would have changed a bit like i know sometimes we can talk each other up or down like on an episode right. you know right so i wonder if we could talk to him next week or even if he like, like tweets us or something does he still give it a three after we analyze it or maybe it's like a three and a half or four i don't know like i i, I thought it was pretty good I, I could deal with this kind of episode i don't he doesn't like these backward bearded stories like bearded daniel walking through the streets of mexico he doesn't <laughs> like that <laughs> but i don't know I, I thought it was pretty it didn't cool. feel long to me it didn't it didn't no feel no it seemed fine oddly paced like i i I thought it was it was quick enough and it worked enough to you know it's for us to understand where his head is you know so it kind of shows why he made the decision that he made Mm -hmm. towards the end of the episode i I think it so for me it worked i mean i don't don't know about aaron (laughs) if you think about it later maybe he might change his mind but for me and i don't always like the the uh you know those character uh, solo character episodes right. that much. Except Morgan, like Morgan's one of the few that I've liked, and I've liked none of the ones from Fear of Walking Dead. They've done it like twice. Well, they had the one with uh, Nick just walking around the whole episode. Right? Yeah, that was that was and rough. I, that was pretty bad. Yeah, yeah. And I then could not stand that one. They do one with Cliff Curtis. Did they have one with, with Travis too? I think I don't know. Yeah, they did a couple of them. Yeah. Not good. All right, so but who cares what we think? We have an amazing Facebook group. They put their very own Toby ratings uh, for each episode up there. So, uh, Jim Dietz, would you please do the honors and read? What did our listeners have to say about this week's episode? Sure. Uh, as, as Craig said, please join our uh, Walking Dead TV podcast Facebook group. 820 members at the moment, and we always have good discussion, even when it's Fear the Walking Dead. (laughs) (laughs) And if there's any news on the main show, of course, we cover it on the the Facebook group as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, So please do that. Plus, there are links on there to our other projects like uh, Auto Chat Show and whatnot. Uh, So definitely join, join the group and stick with it. Uh, Tammy Heisley Heisley wrote in, uh, so glad they wrapped up the Dante stuff quickly because I wasn't feeling it. 
Uh, but I love that Daniel is back. Excellent ending this week. Can't wait to see all this where all this leads. Give this week a three. Uh, Susan Monk, three of five good reasons to take a break from my West Wing binge watch. <laughs> uh, 16 episodes this uh, week and so far to the middle of season four. Wow. Uh, yeah, it's a good show, that's though. A lot. That's been, a lot. I've, I've binge watched a couple times. We've all done that, right? I mean, it's... it's oh, I, I love that show. Yeah. yeah. 16 episodes in the weekend so far, and it was only that, Sunday when she wrote it. That's not even, um, that's not even <laughs> taking a break for anything. That's just, it's just a true binge watch. Wow. Okay. I uh, love that the episode was in Spanish, and Daniel is one of my favorite characters. Glad I wasn't eating when they scraped the dead skin off his leg. Ew. And then what'd you what'd you reply to her, uh, Jim? Uh, what's what's next, Mrs. Landingham? <laughs> from uh, West Wing. True yeah. West Wing re- reference there, huh? That's right. Yeah. Uh, Dre Irvin wrote in, I'm going for 4.5 Tobys this week. Uh, this episode was very good. Daniel, in general, has always been one of the more interesting characters on this show. I did think the giant zombie being struck by lightning was a little over the top, but the episode was done so well that the cheesiness of it didn't take away from the overall awesome for me. Uh, Michael Santana, four, Wounded Bridemen sucks out of five. I've done a few of those in my day, but wow. Uh, Great to see Daniel back doing shady things and asking for forgiveness. (laughs) LOL. Uh, Light on action, but compelling character work. This show might be getting better. Ah. Uh, Johnny Stower, four out of uh, four out of confess. Or I'm going to knock your teeth out of five. <laughs> um, okay, so they are now setting Daniel up to be some crazy killer with a dark past. I was sure they're trying to do this with Travis. Uh, Daniel needs to stay away from helicopters. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> even even though we all did on the show, the season has been pretty super good so far. So we have to give it some props. I agree, Johnny. It's been better than uh, last season for sure so far. Uh, Richard Chopper Cherry Charrington, four, H2, whoa, this season is pretty good, out of five. <laughs> like the backstory on Daniel, a lot better than the governor backstory, and I'm glad it was wrapped up quickly with the Dante story. Yeah, me too, Richard. Uh, actually looking forward to it week by week, filling the summer nicely while waiting, awaiting the parent show. Well put. <clears throat> Sorry. And finally, Andrew Park, uh, before I get to this week's Toby rating, I want to congratulate you guys on reframing my enjoyment of last week's episode. That particular episode was fairly boring, but your in-depth analysis and conversation opened it up a lot more. Well, thanks, Andrew. That's very nice. Yeah, we appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, we do it all for the fans. Uh, and the money. But mostly and the fans. Chubb does it for the cake. <laughs> yeah, he's all for, all for the cake. Um, this week, however, was a tight and gripping little dramatic sojourn, a bit light on action, but was satisfying and solid character work framed by some nice photography and directorial flourish. I actually cared for the characters. I could watch the adventures of Salazar and Strand from here on in. <laughs> uh, ditch the Clark clan and keep everything in Spanish. Uh, sadly, it looks like we're destined for more blended family psychodrama where Norman Bates meets the apocalypse by way of the Brady Bunch. <laughs> <laughs> that pretty much sums up the rest of the season, Andrew. Uh, that was a nice, a nice call out to our last episode, too. So Yeah, thank you. Uh, but again, if you want to, if you want to uh, hop on there and uh, make, give, let us know what you think of the season of Fear of the Walking Dead so far, then by all means, join the Facebook group and leave your comments, and I will read them on the show. Excellent, Jim. It wouldn't be the same if you didn't read those comments. Trust me, we've we've tried it the other way. It doesn't work. Okay. No. 
We we no. we try alternating it. We try you know all different weeks, different people. Now, when it, you're, when your comments are read by Jim Dietz, that's just the cherry on top of the show. It just puts it right there. That's it. Thank you very much. Right. Thank you. Absolutely. All right. Any final thoughts, guys, uh, for the for one hundred or on to next week? You guys didn't see the preview. Like I said, I saw a bit of it. Um, before my DVR cut off, like it was right in the middle of the preview, and then it cut off. But I, I saw Strand and <laughs> and Salazar in in the Jag just cruising Mexico. I'm like, all right, this is gonna be fun. Oh yeah, it's yeah, gonna be again. funny. The, the arguments on that. <laughs> you're right, you're right, exactly. The, yeah. the oddest couple, not just the odd couple, the oddest couple. <laughs> exactly, Salazar. <laughs> <laughs> and I wonder where they go. to put gas in the car. Where are they getting gas? Where are they getting gas from while they're driving around? Like uh, you, could, you could do the old siphon move, right? I mean, even though you can't really do that uh, with modern cars, but you know, from a creative no. license, you you know they they'll do the old well, siphon it, trick. You know, it's fine. Wouldn't you think there'd still be some gas left? I guess, like you mean in the gas early. station, in the station. Yeah, it's still well, early. Right? How do you pump it out though? Yeah, exactly. You need yeah. to pump it out. That's true. That's true. That's the, you need power to pump it, so it's easier to siphon it from a well. Or at least pump, puncture a gas tank and get it from there. It's probably the easiest right. way to do it. Right. But um, yeah, that, that's, <laughs> you're right. There's probably is a lot of gas still around. And they even had those fuel trucks. That was a cool thing they did. What was it? Remember exactly. in, uh, the Walking Dead? They had the fuel truck where you, if you can get one of those, then you're really good. If it's full. Yeah, yeah. that's true. I mean, they can get back to the U.S. They have enough. They have enough. Gas. They're close enough. From Tijuana is only what, like a mile in from the border. I mean, they're pretty close. Yeah, and no traffic. I yeah. Mean, no, no traffic. <laughs> No, no border patrol agents to stop them, right? No, no speed limit, no nothing. You just keep moving. That's it. All right. So, uh, if there's no final thoughts, we'll just wrap it up. Where can our listeners hear us when we're not talking The Walking Dead every week? Daryl, how about you? Uh, no, say it. I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought. You know, what? What? You got this network of podcasts or something. I, I heard, right? Don't you? Pod, yeah. your, I'm so your sorry. Podcast is named after you. You have a whole network uh, named after you, and you can't remember the name. I do. I do I'm podcasts. So, what do I do? I don't, I, know. I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, D- DCVS. You can find me. You, you can look on Taylor Network of Podcasts, and you can find uh, a bunch of the podcasts that we do. We try to do the best we can to entertain people, like uh, we do here. <laughs> Uh, when I'm when I'm coherent enough to remember what my podcast and they is, just, they just launched a Patreon, but you can only sign, get in at the one thousand or higher level. Well, right. well, well Daryl, you, you didn't you didn't send me an invite. What, what, what's Patreon? What do I, what do I got to do, man? Uh, you need well, some money. We're still sending out the invites, but you you know, a thousand a month is the minimum. Thousand a month. Thousand a month is minimum. You have to pay to even be a part of the Patreon. You have to pay extra <laughs> just to learn about the Patreon. Right. That's, Special that's, Patreon. Uh, that's how real it is. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know if I got that long money, man. You may have to hit somebody <laughs> else up. I don't know, man. You got to start a, a Kickstarter to pay for the Patreon. Yeah, <laughs> then you got to go on GoFundMe to get that money. You got to do what you got to do. Uh, and if you're you're enjoying uh, Fear the Walking Dead or Walking Dead, and you want to know about some other TV shows that are out, uh, like American Gods, that are based on uh, TV, you know, like based on books or or uh, comics um you can join us me and jim and donnie on uh nothing's on podcast where we will you know tell you what's going on we don't spoil the episodes too much we try not to do that but we give you the info to figure out if you want to check it out or not we watch way too much tv so you don't have to. that's right that's what we do that's what we do we keep you updated on that plus we 
check out a few movies here and there. We we do our little spoiler uh, recaps on it when we can. Uh, but you can check that out. You can check uh, a bunch of other podcasts like Gotham by Geeks, which is a, a Batman-centric podcast if you're into the comics. We talk about all the, the Golden Age, the Silver Age, the, the current comics uh, that star the, the Batman family. Uh, so, and we have interviews from some of the creators that are working on those books as we speak. Uh, so you can definitely check that out as well as other uh, podcasts on the network. So uh, just do that. Or you can just check me out on, uh, on Twitter at the, the voice one, two, three. And I post a bunch of uh, stuff from the website of things that we're working on and new podcasts that are coming out. So you can definitely check that out there. Excellent. And you forgot all that. You couldn't remember that. I mean, that was like nothing you couldn't, well, you know, I've been off for a couple of days, so <laughs> <laughs> I've been in a meat coma. Killing some brain cells left and right there. Oh, and heroes con. You, you know? Listen, you got to make those appearances at those comic cons, man. I, I, one of these days, you're going to set up a table at those comic cons. That's what I think is, is next, right? Well, I mean, you got to stay at the table. You got to pay for the table. Oh, you got to pay for the, the table. table. <laughs> I mean, you know. That's, uh... Right next to Ralph Macchio and the Karate Kid. Uh... Yeah. Were yeah. they there, by the way? Were they, were they there at this one? I saw pictures. Like they no, I think they were. They usually do something like Awesome Con. Awesome yeah, yeah, because like all the actors, are, like every one of the, even the, the the bad guy and whatever, they're all those. They're all like go together now. Like that's the thing. Mm-hmm. They can get all the pictures with with the Karate Kid bunch. Then you know you've made it. <laughs> Next you to know Ralph Macchio. It. <laughs> Thanks, uh, Jim. How about you? HHWLED.com, uh, where the Walking Dead TV podcast originates, is also the home to the DC TV podcast, which. Uh, Daryl and myself and Chub Toad and Jerry are on, and we talk about all the DC Comics-related shows. Uh, right now, that's only iZombie and soon-to-be Preacher. But uh, during... Hey, what's up, dude? Uh, <laughs> but, but, you know, during the rest of the, the TV season, we cover The Flash, and we cover Arrow, and we cover Gotham, and we cover um, uh, Legends of Tomorrow and all the, all the DC shows, so check that out there. Also check out um, uh, It's All Connected, the same site that covers all the Marvel shows as well. I'm going to be guesting on some of the Dare, uh, Defenders shows when they cover the new Defenders miniseries on Netflix. So nice. Check. I thought you live in the sticks. Who's honking their horn at you, uh, Jim? Who, who's, who's that? What's the bee, man? Uh, no, oh, oh, that's you. Time. Okay. They're like, hey, good luck. We'll be back to pick you up later. <laughs> city life. <laughs> And if you want to hear my other podcast, I'm the host of the Auto Chat Show, Facebook.com. Do a search for the Auto Chat Show. Give us a like there. Uh, me and my co-host, Teddy, review new cars, like Jim said, so you don't have to. Talk about cars and pop culture. Um, do a lot of interviews with auto executives. Uh, we're in a little bit of a hiatus right now, but we are we are chomping at the bit to get back to it. Um, and actually, I, if you want to see me this weekend, I'll be at the uh, New Jersey Toy Convention. That's in Parsippany, New Jersey. Come down, check that out. I'll be there with my Knight Rider replica car kit. So you can come down and say hello, take a picture with Kit, and I'll be there all day on Sunday. So come down and check that out if you're in the New Jersey, New York, uh, greater area there. And uh, that's it. So, all right, guys. Who wants to end the show today? Uh, there's no more room in hell than a dead walk the earth. Remember, never volunteer to be the, pet, the carrier pigeon. <laughs> Look at you. See? It's good. He just pulls it out. He just pulls it out. You just pull it out of nowhere. Good air. Love it. <laughs> Take care, folks.
que hay más allá Siempre fue el caballo más atrevido Bronco a más Se rompieron sus tobillos Yo lo tuve que acabar Mientras le decía despacito Nos vamos a encontrar Pa' volver a hacer camino Pa' correr hasta volar se me fue mi amigo a hacerme un sitio en el más allá. Se fue, caballo loco que jamás dio un paso al tren. Pero tenía que perder alguna vez. Tuvo patas de oro y de papel. Se Y bro 